Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Welcome this morning. This morning I want to talk to you uh, around our 100 years. And I just want to say this, the greatest gift you can give yourself is the gift to dream. The gift to dream. God gave us the gift to dream. There are two types of people. There are dreamers and there are drifters. Dreamers are people that run after what they dream about. And then there are drifters who just respond and react to life. So many people take a passive response to the circumstances of life. I'm not one of those people and I know at Influences, none of you are either. But in the people that you live with, the people that you care about, it matters that we help people be dreamers. God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could dream, so we could have vision, so we could see the future, so we could be a part of that. Today, if you're watching from Alpharetta, Kennesaw, Gwinnett, Espanol or online, we want you to know that dreaming is God's great gift to our lives, drifting is the alternative that we do not want to follow. And here's what I learned a long time ago. <clears throat> whether your dream is big or small, whether you're a large thinker or just, I just wanna get by, your dream is gonna cost you the same, whether it's big or small, because it's gonna cost you your focus and your life. So I decided if it's gonna cost me the same, I might as well go for the biggest dream I can ever think about. I'm gonna ask God for the biggest ideas, the biggest innovation, the biggest things that are impossible. I want the complex things. I want things that require all kinds of thought and supernatural intervention because I wanna live in that world. The older I get, the more powerful I'm gonna become, the more innovative I'm gonna be, the more excited about life you'll find me. That's what happens when you're a dreamer because when dreams are given and the dreams are received, it's amazing how they become a habit of your life. If I haven't got a dream, I'm frustrated. I'm looking for that next dream. I'm not just looking for a way out. I'm looking for a way through. And when you're a dreamer, whether you go over it, under it, around it, or through it, you're gonna make it through to the other side. And you know, our church is celebrating 100 years this weekend. And I was talking to Dr. Mike Maiden just a couple of weeks ago. He was in Atlanta with us. And he said to me this, he says, you know, it's very unusual for a church or any organisation for that matter, but for a church to get to 100 years, to celebrate 100 years when they're at their most healthy and they're at their, and they're most uh, forward-thinking, most expansive, and at their highest point. And he said, when I look at influences, what I see is a church that is at its highest point so far. And to do that at the same time as 100 years comes around is amazing. Because otherwise you'd be talking about the good old days, the past, and they were good old days. And here's the great thing about what I think is, is unique and and amazing to any organisation there for 100 years, and especially is true of us, is that many people, committees, board members, elders, pastors that have come before, have all, and the people of the church have all had the ability to adapt, to flex, to adopt, 
to move in a direction, to yield, to submit, to bend, to say, right, we just want God. We want God to use us. We wanna be in the right place at the right time. We wanna make a difference to our generation. We wanna be the pace setters. We wanna be leading out the front and our church has been one of those churches. I believe God loves every church and I believe He likes ours as well. What I believe is that God raises up churches for communities, but He also raises up churches globally. And I believe we're one of those churches. And if you're watching at Alpharetta today, God wants you to know God's put us in Alpharetta to make a huge difference from Alpharetta to the people of that community and beyond. In Gwinnett, it's the same thing. There's a building coming for Gwinnett. When I think about Espanol, when I think about Kennesaw, God has placed you right in the right place to do the most amazing things that we could not do by ourselves, but we can do together. What I love about our 100 years is this, you can't point to one superstar leader that started this all off. Most churches are, you know, that, that go somewhere uh, are led by uh, people with, with super uh, extroverted personalities or super talented, gifted people. And yet, our, yet our church started in obscurity. It's grown obscure because everybody matters because the glory goes to one person. His name is Jesus Christ, right? We want Him to have all the honour. I love it. You know, a, a team of champions is always never as good as a champion team. And that's what we are at Influences, whether we're in Kennesaw, whether we're in Alpharetta, whether we're in Espanol, whether we are at Gwinnett, whether we're here in Adelaide, whether we are in South Australia somewhere, in Clare Valley, wherever it might be. You know what? It doesn't matter. Together is what makes the power of who we are so great, so dynamic, so impactful. And today on our 100 years, I wanna talk about that because think about this. Lots of leaders, lots of groups of committees, lots of departments, lots of elders, lots of board members have had to shift and move with the times. To get to this point at the high watermark of our 100 years, and it's just really the low watermark of the next 100 years, it takes people to respond and yield to God and God's leading. It takes mature people. It takes people with intelligence and people with spiritual maturity to go, I'm in this for the long haul. See, when Jesus came, Jesus didn't choose one person to replace Him. He chose 12. Now we may think, oh, it's because Jesus was so good He needed 12. But if you go back to the Old Testament, He comes to, the, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But then He takes Jacob's 12 children and guess what He does? He turns them into a nation. And that nation of 12 tribes, because 12 means government. So 12 tribes in the Old Testament, 12 apostles in the New Testament, God's number for government, go into the promised land together. They fight together, they march together, they sleep separately in their own areas, but they are one and yet they are many. It's an amazing, amazing phenomenon that God wants us to happen. Think about it, the Trinity, one God, three persons. If we think about our church, it's not about one leader, it's about many people. We are one and we are many. We are one and we are many. Whether you're at Alpharetta, we are one and we are many. Whether you're at Kennesaw, we're one and we are many. If you're at Espanol, we're one and we are many. If you're at Gwinnett, we're one and we are many. 
That's the secret of the last 100 years. That'll be the secret of the next 100 years is to do it the way God wants it done. I think God made me an introvert. I'm a reformed introvert, sure, but God made me an introvert for this reason. I don't want the glory to go to me. I don't wanna be the one. I want Jesus to be the one. And it's not because I'm humble, it's just because I don't like the attention. And I think God loves that. I think that's an amazing thing. It's easy for some people to be like, oh, give me some more attention. But I love giving the attention to Jesus because that's the one that deserves all the attention. And it's always been this way. We're not one leader, we are many. We're not one campus, we are many. We're on our way to 200. We're not from the same place, but from many. Reminds me of a great song that we sing in Australia, which the chorus says, we are one, but we are many. And from all the lands of earth we come. We'll share a dream and sing with one voice. I am, you are, we are Australian. We are American. We are Indonesian. We are South American. We are European. We are African. We are one, but we are many. And this is how God wants His kingdom to be. We should be the most diverse place on the planet Earth. Why? Because God's into generations, ages and stages and diversity of all nations. God wants us to represent who He is. And He's a God of every person, every creed and colour, every person. And God wants us to understand that that's so important to Him. And when we represent the kingdom, God's anointing comes upon the church in a very, very special way. You know, we've seen in the last 100 years over 50 to maybe 70,000 people walk down the aisles and give their lives to Christ. That's only 50,000 in the last 50 years. What about the years before? Let's say there was another 20,000 plus the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that have been saved from pastors that were raised in this church that now pastor or did pastor across the world that have seen many, many thousands, hundreds of thousands find Christ. And they were born here, they were raised here, things happened here and they were sent out from there and now campuses all over the world are doing the same thing. Pastors and leaders, and we're very grateful that God would use this house to be a lighthouse to the world. You know, one of the things that we are also is that we are a innovation church, an innovative church, a spiritual entrepreneur. That's what I like to call myself. I'm a spiritual entrepreneur. I'm trying to create things. They're not for me. They're for the church. Trying to create things for, the, for God. Trying to be ahead of the curve. Trying to be a futurist, thinking 10 years ahead. Trying to be on the cutting edge of what God's doing and what the world is doing. You know, our mission is Jesus. The focus of everything is Jesus. And we are mildly attached to our methods, but our focus is on Jesus. And our methods will always change. So like Paul, we can say, by all means, I will win some to Christ. This is what we do, this is how we live. We're innovative, we're creative. We are people that think outside the box. We're not locked into tradition. We're not locked into the same old, same old. We don't just march up 12 paces this way and 12 paces that way like some caged animal. We are people that think freely, think outside the box and think about what God can do if only we yield ourselves to Him. Woo! The last 20 years has been 
a season of rapid change. It's been changed for 100 years. It's been rapid, but it's just getting more rapid. Who's noticed the pace of change is increasing? It is increasing so exponentially that we need to find ourselves thinking. We better be thinking ahead, ahead, ahead. Not just surviving today, but asking God to give us the grace for today, but also the mind for tomorrow. Because we've got to prepare for our next generation. We've got to prepare for the kids that come along. We've got to prepare for the grandchildren that come along. We've got to prepare a church. We've got to prepare a way. We've got to protect the church from all the forces that want to shut it down and get Jesus out of our world. We've got to be there to be lighthouse, to direct those that are lost towards Him and towards a safe place a safe harbour like the ark did for those families of Noah. And because it's a time of rapid change, we also need to be highly flexible. We need to be people that are able to adapt, flex, move. Here's one of the things I've really worked on in my marriage is this. Our marriage drives at 100 mile an hour. What does that mean? We are, we are running so here's how people tell you, if you watch marriage seminars, if you're watching at Alpharetta, Kennesaw, Spaniel, Gwinnett, let me tell you, in marriage seminars, they'll tell you, slow down, smell the roses, all that good advice. And it's true if you can't drive fast. <laughs> because if you're driving fast, too fast, you will crash. I've got another option. I can either slow down or I can get more skilled at my driving so I can drive fast. Let me give you an example. If Jane and I wanna drive fast, I don't have three days to give her the cold shoulder for offending me. I'm not gonna talk to her for three days till she deserves it. I've got three minutes to get over my offence. That's how I increase my skill so we can drive faster. If we wanna go fast, we don't have time to process things over months. We're gonna process things over minutes. And when you process things through minutes, you become equipped to drive fast through life. So I don't know about you, but I wanna get four lifetimes into my lifetime. So by the time I hit 90, I'm gonna be at my best. Right now, I'm just, I've just got my L plates. I'm just learning. But I am getting better, smarter, more intelligent every year that goes by. I'm shocked at how smart I've gotten the last few years. And I just reckon I'm in grade two. I'm, re I'm literally, I've got so much smartness ahead of me and I can't wait to embrace it. So I listen to ideas, read things, watch what's going on, not just get locked in my tunnel vision and going down my little rabbit trail. But what is God doing? What's the world doing? How do I need to be ahead of the game? How do I get, not, get lost in all the, all the fluff of life? Single focus, Jesus and the mission, it's everything. Because he said, if you put me first, I'll give you everything else. All these other things, let's make it a Bible verse. All these other things will be added to you. That's the version. So we have to adapt. There's a story in the Bible about Moses. Moses was a great leader for 40 years and led the people. Now, when Moses encountered God, this often happens to all of us. And don't ever be afraid if this happens to you. He encounters God in a supernatural way and God asked him to do something that he felt was impossible to him. Whenever God asks you to do something impossible, know it's God. 
right? If it's smarter than you can think of and more impossible than you can think of, maybe it's just God. And so God says, I want you to go and liberate my people. And He has to come to in a burning bush so that Moses won't just deflect it and go back into his history and into his mindset about his disappointments, but will actually engage with God. And God starts a conversation and says, Moses, <coughs> I want you to go and deliver your people. Well, how can I do that, says Moses. Moses comes up with excuse after excuse after excuse. Moses then says, how can I do that? I can't even speak God. I love God's dry sense of humour. Who made your mouth, Moses? Me. And if I can make your mouth, I can make you talk too. Still, Moses, like most of us, wasn't convinced. So God says, listen, what's that in your hand? He says, take that stick, throw it down. And He begins to show him how he's gonna use this stick, this ordinary shepherd's staff, to compensate for the weaknesses Moses felt unable to overcome. And so we know with that stick, he dipped it in the River Nile and it became blood. We know with that stick, he threw it down in Pharaoh's court and it became a snake. We know that, that with that stick, he went and he, put, he stretched his hand towards the Red Sea and it parted. We know with that stick, he smote the rock at Rephidim and water flowed out all through his life. Instead of having to speak, he could use his stick and God would anoint him and God would make up for the deficiencies he could not overcome himself in that season of life. Then they come to a moment when they're about to cross into the promised land. You see, Moses was good at taking everybody out and now God was challenging him to grow in his leadership to take everybody in. And so he comes to Moses and says, listen, there's a big rock here, the people need some water. What I want you to do this time is not hit the rock with your stick, I want you to speak to it. Now, when you think about that moment, it was a shocking moment for Moses because God had never asked him to speak in the whole 40 years that he'd been leading. He said, you can use your stick and your brother can speak for you. But now 40 years later, God says, it's time for you to grow because there's a new promised land that's coming that's gonna require different leadership from you. And I want you to stand up and I want you to speak. And I can imagine God and Moses having this conversation. But you know, God, when I signed up for this, that I couldn't speak and you gave me a stick and that stick's been fine up to now. It'll be fine for the future as well. I'll be good with my stick. And God says, no, you won't be good with your stick, Moses. I'm demanding you grow up. I'm just demanding that you learn to trust me at another level. I'm asking you to step up and say, I believe you, God. It's impossible to speak after using a stick, but I want to speak because you asked me to do it. And I can imagine as they're talking, going backwards and forwards, because the Bible says that Moses knew God, spoke to God as a friend. And God's saying, come on, Moses, I want you to do it. You've lived with that, that problem in your life for a very long time. Don't you think it's time to surrender your stick and embrace more grace for the race? And Moses goes, no. In fact, Moses gets so upset and gets so angry because God's not gonna change his mind. He's trying to convince God. And 40 years ago, God accepted his convincing rhetoric but not this time. God says, I want you to grow up, Moses. I want you to learn to speak. And Moses is so angry that finally in obedience to God, it seems, no, sorry, in disobedience to God, he goes up to the rock and he goes, you know what? It worked before, it'll work again. So he smashes the rock with his stick. 
expecting the same miracle to happen that happened last time. Nothing comes out. So now Moses is furious. So he smites it again, hits it again. And this time God honours it because in front of the people, He doesn't want to embarrass Moses. So He allows the nostalgia of yesterday to still work in front of the people and water flows out of the rock. Let me just say this to you. Sometimes we can get so enamoured with songs 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and we can be, oh, I feel God. No, you may just be feeling nostalgia. And your soul feels so good because you're nostalgia. It doesn't mean it's anointed. It's got a measure of anointing for sure. And after the water flows out, he doesn't embarrass him in front of the people. He calls him up and says, go up to Mount Nebo. Now, Mount Nebo overlooks Israel on the plain there. You can see the ocean. You can see where the different tribes are gonna be. And Moses gets an opportunity to see the future, but not an opportunity to participate in the future. He saw the future and then died before the future. God was saying to him, because you refuse to grow, though you are great in this season, you will not be even part of the next season. And I just think that's a great, uh, uh, great encouragement to all of us. Our church has got to 100 because people have embraced change all the way along. Thousands of decisions by thousands and tens of thousands of people to say yes to God. As we move forward, it's time to say yes again. It's time to say, God, I want you to do more. And if God asks you to speak instead of belting the rock, would you just be enough, smart enough to learn from Moses that when God says it, He's serious. If you don't embrace new grace for the race and surrender your stick, the stick that blessed you will become the crutch that you die on. You're watching today from Alpharetta. God wants you to surrender the stick, embrace more grace for the race. In Gwinnett, it's the same thing. In Espanol and Kennesaw, God wants you to embrace new grace for the race. Because I used to read that passage of Scripture and think, gee, God is a bit tough. Well, you're about to face giants. You're about to face all kinds of opposition in the promised land. You better be able to lead the way God wants you to lead. And leading out is different to leading into. And as we go into the next 100 years, it's time everybody to say, God, I'm open, I'm ready. And I'm so glad I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. So it's not like I'm trying to correct anybody. I'm just trying to encourage us. Let's keep on yielding. Let's keep on surrendering. Let's keep on saying yes, 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 yes to God. No matter how scary it is. One of the great pieces of advice my father gave me was this, when I was a timid teenager, very aggressive on the football field, but very timid on a stage. He said, Ashley, always accept every opportunity. So I said yes to everything, even though my heart said no and died a thousand times. So what I discovered in my own life was this, I'm a follow through man, so if I say yes, my yes is a yes. So I would make sure I said yes a long way away because I didn't feel so scared when I said yes. But as I got close, I've been going, what on earth did I say yes for? So trick yourself. Whatever you have to do, say yes. I'm all in, God. Yes, I'm all in. 
So today I want to share with you some stuff that we're going to embrace and we're going to flex with. And we're not, this is, this is a, just an exciting day to talk about what God's doing and what we've been doing as God's been preparing us for the next hundred years. One of the things that God's done, you know, sometimes we get frustrated. Put up your hand if you don't get frustrated. Put up your hand if you don't get irritated. Right, we all get irritated. Here's the deal. Irritation, you know, a grain of sand in your eye produces an irritation that makes your eye swollen and red and is terrible. But guess what? The same grain of sand in an oyster produces a pearl. The question is, what's the irritation going into? What kind of person is it going into? Is it going into a person that can produce beautiful, valuable things out of the irritations of life? Will you allow the irritation to create, bring creativity into you to produce something magnificent? Like a pearl that's beautiful and valuable. That's what God does. Remember we're about to build a building at Gwinnett. And you remember, we're literally three months away and then COVID hit. And I am so glad COVID came because we weren't able to build that building. I just wanted to build it for the people. I just, just wanna help them. I just wanna love on them, do it for them. But during that COVID time, God began to show us other ideas because sometimes God's delays are about creating more options and a better outcome than what we think we think we need. And so God began to show me a thing called the Mortgage Neutral Church told me that the church's financial model is over a thousand years old and it's outdated. If you drive down the street in most cities of the world, the church only looks relevant on Sundays because on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Sunday, the doors are shut and nobody's there. So what does the world think? Oh, the church is not for my Monday. The church is not for my Tuesday. It's not relevant to my Wednesday. It's not relevant to my Thursday or my Friday then we wanna be the centre of town. And God said to me, you'll never be the centre of town if the only service you offer is a church service. If you wanna be the centre of town, you need to offer daycare services and professional services and event services and co-working services and medical centre services. You need to offer all those services. He says, you know, being a steward of my property and a steward, a good steward doesn't mean just how you count tithes and offerings. Because when we're at an annual general meeting, we present two financial documents. One is the P&L, that's the tithes and offerings, the cash and so on. Then we present one about assets. He says, you know, the most valuable asset a church owns is its building and the least used asset a church owns is its building. I don't want you to be that kind of manager, that kind of steward. I want you to have buildings that are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that prophesy to the community that the church is alive and well on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And I'm so excited because Alpharetta, which is our last campus that we planted, or second last campus we planted, campus number 10, it's the first time the financial model fulfills what I just said. It's exciting days. And then God began to speak to us. And I'm gonna give the credit to Pastor Mark Evans, who is an innovator, creative, gets it all from his mother, very creative, very innovative. He's in our basement living there at the time he says, Dad, I've got an idea that'll halve the cost of buildings. He said, well, I'm interested, tell me about it. So he sat and chatted and through iteration after iteration, breaking the mould, we got so much resistance from people, ah, that's not gonna work, that's not gonna work, that's not gonna work. But you know what, that's what every inventor has. The old ways are the ways that work. 
No, it's not. That's why we've got a phone. That's why, thank goodness Steve Jobs didn't listen to everybody. Think about all the things we have today because somebody didn't listen to the tried and true traditions. So Mark comes up and shares it with me and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So I put my business prowess and my relentlessness to this idea. We start to develop it, develop it, develop it. And now we've created, we've patented it. It's a patented building, patented, we'd say in Australia. That was all for all the Americans watching. Over in Alpharetta and Kennesaw and Espanol and Gwinnett. We love them very much. They're part of our family. We created this building that will become with the, with, with the financial model attached to it, with a daycare centre and all those things. Suddenly, imagine not giving a mortgage money to the bank, but giving that mortgage money to missions. Imagine if you didn't have to send it off to some financial institution for them to get wealthy, but we could send it to the third world so they would find Jesus. See, that's the kind of innovation the church should be doing. That's the kind of stuff we gotta be doing in 21st century as we face forward into an uncertain future where the Christianity isn't the dominant place, but it's a place where we have to still lead. And so we've created this thing and I wanna show you a picture of the Gwinnett building. Everybody in Alpharetta, we know Alpharetta and Gwinnett are having a heart for the house offering just in a week or so. And we're gonna be uh, taking up pledges and money for the Gwinnett building. Why? Because you wanna see that thing built, right? We've got buildings ready on the campus except Gwinnett, who was there first. So let me just show you uh, the building that we've created, everybody. Look at this. This is a composite building, okay? Composite building. We've just had cost estimates from these design build companies and it comes in at 50% of a traditional build. It's pretty incredible. That's fully finished. FF&E, turnkey, the whole deal. Next, next slide. You'll see this is from the other side. Next slide. You'll see this is from the side. Next one. This is the axonogram, which is a blown up version, 3D version of the building. You'll see on the left-hand side, a 630 to 680 seat auditorium, very much like the one we're in today, but smaller. Uh, because I also believe this, I believe the, the era of the mega church kind of model is gonna be put on hiatus for some time. I believe people want excellence and community. And so our buildings have been like this for the last 10, 15 years, all of our buildings are somewhere between 500 to 700. This is right there in the midst of that because we believe you can get community and excellence in that number. So while other people are building these massive things, we're building what I call the Goldilocks Church. Not too big, not too small, just right. <laughs> it's actually, name is the Boutique Church. Anyway, but I wanted to throw that in. Okay, next one. Sorry, back, back to the one before. If you're watching at Alpharetta, you're watching at Gwinnett, you'll see this building here, Kennesaw and Espanol, you see the future here too. And you'll see that on the side is the building, you've got this massive uh, lobby in the middle so you can have wedding receptions, you've got a full kitchen there. And then on this side, you've got a 200 person daycare centre. What does that do? It brings the community into the church every single day. Right, that doubles up then as the kids space on Sundays. But the kids that are coming to daycare during the week are paying for the daycare, which then helps pay for the mortgage. Then this becomes a community centre for events and graduations, which then pays for the mortgage so we can send more money to missions. 
so that we can put together what I've trademarked in the last few weeks, the flat pack church. Why should Ikea have the only flat pack furniture? The church is gonna have a flat pack church delivered in a box to third world countries built in a month. Pretty incredible stuff that we're innovating right now. Okay, next one, you'll see the upstairs area and that's where professional services plus events can happen depending on the layout, depending on the pastor. Next one. This is the auditorium inside. We won't have wooden chairs like that. We'll have chairs like we have here in paradise. Uh, next one. Come on. The next one. I really like the next one. I'd like that to be our foyer, everybody. That'd be awesome. That was our foyer, right? Now, these are just in the design modes, right? The other stuff is almost finished. The outside, the buildings, the systems, the architecture, it's ready to go come January. But this is what we're developing right now. Next slide. Next slide. I want you to show, I want to have you have a look now at a video uh, of a fly around of the building. I want you to see this 50% off. When we build the flat pack church for the third world country, I want to get that down another 50%, at least, right, for those countries, maybe 80%, because we've got to constantly move forward in our thinking and not accept the status quo. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit does for us visions and dreams. And execution is the great. Great divider. Okay, next one, let's show this video. That's that. Yeah, we've talked about that. goal is this, we're not building church buildings, we're building community centres. We're building event and professional buildings for the community. So we can leverage the space and the cost of the buildings that we use church for, for the community. Offsets the cost for church, allows the church to multiply and keep on moving forward. It's the way of the future. And I've got to tell you, we are at the front of the curve. There's a talk right now about multiple use of buildings. 
because of the way the economy is and the way the world is going. And we literally have a building that's about to be implemented. Other people are just talking about it. Amazing things are happening. I haven't got time to tell you all about that, but it's just incredible. The second thing I'm really excited about today to announce to you, and you've been hearing it a little bit, but in Alpharetta and Gwinnett and Espanol and Kennesaw, you guys have not heard about this, and that's the Wellness Centre. You know, for 30 years, I've wanted to create a medical centre that ministers to the soul. There are a lot of churches that, that love to, you know, give people food and all that kind of stuff, and that's amazing. And I'm like, awesome, you're already doing that, but who's ministering to the soul? And so I believe the Wellness Centre, with all of its professionals and all those things, is gonna be that. And I want you to have a look at this video as well, because it's about to launch. 3 John says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. 30 years ago, God spoke to me that our mission was to help the soul of every person to prosper. And we're so excited about the opening of our first wellness center. Today, we wanna show you the location and walk you through the building. This is a momentous, historic and exciting day. Location, of course, is everything. And our practice is gonna be right here on Port Rush Road. Now it has six practice rooms. It has a beautiful reception area. It has a fantastic waiting area. It has a practice manager's office. It has brand new facilities. It has ample parking. It is right here that we're gonna see people healed and restored relationally, emotionally, physically, and mentally. What an incredible place where the community can come and find hope and healing. And importantly, the door of their heart begins to open to the love of Jesus. And of course, it's not just for the community, it's for our church community too. We pray and believe that you too can find hope and healing and restoration in this place. If you are a doctor, psychologist, counsellor, allied health professional, practice manager, and you wish to know how to apply to be part of this incredible vision, head to influencers.church forward slash careers to find out more. It's a brand new day as we take this first step towards reaching our community starting early 2023. So amazing, right? Come on, let's thank the Lord, phenomenal. I want to say, you know, we had that vision a long time ago. It really took Joseph, Pastor Josh, and Shana to really make it a reality. I'll tell you what, God's gift to our church worldwide, this couple and our campus pastors, our whole team. But these guys are amazing and wonderful, and we need to give them a big thank you, leaders. Woo! There's so many things happening. If you're watching at Alpharetta, I know Pastor Mark's going to talk to you about our music. Uh, and at Gwinnett and Espanol, we're gonna to get to talking to you about that and at Kennesaw as well because of time. I'm not gonna go through the music side today, but I am gonna talk about something very exciting that's happening because campus number 12, everybody say campus number 12, launches very soon. Take a look at this video. For a hundred years, we've believed that Adelaide needs to find Jesus. But not just parts of Adelaide, all of South Australia and beyond. In recent years, we've done this through planting campuses, local churches scattered throughout South Australia to see people find Jesus, love its community 
and raise disciples. And I'm so excited to tell you, we are about to start our seventh campus in South Australia. In 2023, we are going to start Influencers Victor Harbour. At Influencers, we of course have churches throughout the city, but we're also passionate about regional church. That's why we have churches in the Clare Valley, in Mount Barker, and now in Victor Harbour, where we believe the grace that God's given in our church can be seen, but it can be local. We're believing and passionate that there's gonna be local kids ministry right here that's bustling, exciting, and filled with joy. That we're gonna have a local youth ministry that sees teenagers know they're loved by Jesus. That we're gonna have worship that happens, an expression into our community. We're so excited about being part of Victor Harbour. So we're going to be meeting right here on this property, joining with another church that's been here in Victor Harbour for many years, but we're going to plant an Influencers Church, a church that is uniquely us, a church filled with the Holy Spirit, that loves the Word of God, that loves people and reaches people with the message of Jesus. So church, pray for us. Get behind the vision as we step into a new region, as we go further south than we've ever gone before, as we take the same old message with the same old grace, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit to see people find Jesus, to see disciples raised up and to see a community loved right here in Victor Harbour and beyond. You know, the cool thing, I was thinking about it, the cool thing is for those that go to Victor Harbour for holidays, you can now go to church on Sundays down there as well to an influencer's church. How awesome is that, eh? That wasn't strategically planned at all, was it, Pastor Josh? No, it was just the Holy Spirit, right? Now, it's amazing, incredible. And we'll be planning a campus in the Nashville area as well in 2023 uh, with Pastor Mark and Lauren. So excited about that, everybody. It's the beginning. Just the beginning, because we only have 187 to go. We're doing well. Last thing I want to share is the big thing of the day that I want to talk to you about. And that is, you know, 36 years ago, in 1986, Pastor Jane was Jane Smith. And on September the 13th of that year, she decided to add to her identity, me. She was still her. But as she made a decision to move into her future of greater fruitfulness than ever before, the Jane Smith of old became the Jane Evans of the new. Still the same Jane, but with now more attached to her life. A bigger version of her. A stronger version of her. A multiplied version of her was created on that day. If you think back over the last 100 years, you know, we've built on leadership, prayer, evangelism, and faith. The four pillars that have built our church over the last 100 years, and none of that changes. I remember when we were Paradise Community Church in this building, because this area is called Paradise. And then we had all those clunky names like Paradise City and Paradise North and Paradise South, all those names. Then we decided, okay, what's a name that represents our idea for the city and for the globe? And we, God gave us influences before influences was even a name. People say, how do you spell that? An R in influences? Now, of course, 
He's a social media influencer. It's a name everybody knows. But over the last year, our global executive team, our elders, our board, our campus pastors, we've been discussing, okay, do we want to stay Jane Smith or do we want to keep what we are but add to it and become the new entity and the new brand and the new package and the upgraded uh, version of ourselves? And so after much consideration and much prayer, much thought, and a few leaks from me here and there to see what people thought, we've decided that today we would announce that we're changing our brand, our identity, our name to Futures Church. Everybody, woo! And it's amazing because when you see the video in a moment, you see some of the applications which Pastor Josh will talk about, you'll see this idea of light. You'll see this idea of a lighthouse. What was really interesting is last night, Pastor Dave McCracken came up to me in the second row after the, before the service, and he said to me, I've got a word. God gave me a word this week. And I said, yeah, what is that? And he shared with me, he said, I saw three beams of light. He says, I see a lighthouse. He had no, I said, well, you just hold that thought, please. You are right on the money as usual. And we're about to announce our name change. Just wait and watch and have a look at it. And so I wanna show it to you. Now Ferreira, Gwinnett, Espanol, Kennesaw, online, every campus and here at Paradise, check this out. Everything is the same and everything is different at the same time because as we go into the future, as we move there with those lights, rays of light, you'll see that that rays of light just keep on going, keep on going. It's about the width and about the extent of where this church is going, prophetically declaring into the next 100 years what God wants to do, how God's set us up for our best season. And the last 100 was just a really a, the, the prelude to the main event, which is this next 10, 20, 30 to 100 years of what God wants to do with great fruitfulness. If we'll do what the generations have done before, flex, bend, move with what God's doing, it's exciting. Hello, Futures Church, how you doing? Do you like it? It's cool, right? Isn't it fresh and new and who we are? And I love it. What did Jesus call us to be? 
light to the world. And this is what we are and this is what we're going to continue to do. So this is our new brand and our logo. It's actually a dynamic brand. We worked with a group called Simple here in South Australia. They're an award-winning design company. And you'll notice here, we go to this next screen, our brand is actually not just one look. We don't want to just be stuck to one colour or one feel. So you'll see here, there's a variety of the same family of logos, but it's all the same thing. From one central point, which is Jesus and His church, there is light going out into the world. Sometimes that light is thick. You'll see that it's bold and brave at the top. Uh, the second logo is more dynamic and moving and flexible. It's thin because the road is narrow, of course. We can justify anything. And right there, you'll see it's light coming from us, coming from Jesus into the world, expanding. Sometimes it's in there in the box. Sometimes it's outside of the box. What's cool is it's not just one colour. We've got a whole lot of colour array, arrays. You know how Nike have all of their colours. We've got the same thing right here at Future Church. All of the colours of the rainbow, part of who we are. Let's just keep going on. You can see it's vibrant, it's life-filled. What I love about this is we wanted something that said Futures Church without always having to say Futures Church. So you can see there in our booklets, in our design, as you see the light going out, we don't even need to say the church name. It starts to say the church name just by the feel and look of who we are. Can you imagine? This is cool. A bunch of old bunch of variety. But can you imagine to see it on our buildings? Can you imagine as you're driving through the city, as you're going past bus stops, as you're going past banners in the city, you can see it shows light, telling people that His Word is a lamp to our feet. That knock and the door will be open to you with relevant imagery and life. We begin to show the light of the world that isn't just stuck, that isn't just limited, but goes wherever darkness is, that moves from one point to another, that brings a future and a hope to our city, that not only stays in one city, but goes into the city and the nations of the world as we, the light of the world, through Jesus, spread the Gospel and hope of Jesus Christ. We are Futures Church. We are the representation of Christ. We are, through Him, the hope and light to the world because we found the hope and light to the world. Jesus, that's who we are. That's who we've always been and it's who we're gonna be into our future. So we're letting you know this today. It's just the beginning, but we're gonna begin to show you more. We're gonna have a message to our cities over the next month that influences church is gonna be Futures Church. It's not gonna be a secret just to us. Let me tell you, our cities in Atlanta, in Indonesia, Solo Indonesia and Adelaide will know the name Futures Church because we want them to know the name Jesus Christ. And then in February, we're going to have a name change Sunday. It's going to be a huge party and we're going to step into our destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's now, go. Did you say, I don't know whether I heard you say. I said a lot quickly. You said a lot. Yeah. But I don't know whether I heard you say that's actually an F. Did you say oh, that? Actually, yeah. Not only is it a light beam. It's an F. Can you see it? Maybe it's a roadway. Maybe it's a path into your future. Who knows? We could say a lot of things, but it's an F. It's light. It's futures. It's you. It's me. It's him. Let's go. Yeah, come on. Woo! Over to you. Oh, come on. Are you excited to be part of a church that wants to see the world change? That wants to see your neighbours transform? That want to see old generations find Jesus? Can I get so excited about this? Do you love what God's doing in His house? Do you know what's great? 
If He's saying it to the house, He's saying it to you. He's saying it to me. He's inviting us into our next. He's saying there's more to do. The mission's not over. The job's not finished. The greatest days are ahead. Amen. New buildings, new wellness clinics. How cool is that? 49 Port Rush Road. What a location. What a spot. It's going to prophesy healing, redemption and hope to our community. New buildings, new nations, new cities, new campuses. Victor Harbour. How cool is that? How cool is that? Nashville. How cool is that? God's good. Amen. Can we honour our senior pastors hearing from God, leading us into vision. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.